It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in on a Wednesday hump day edition of the show. Halfway through the work week, I hope you guys are all doing well. A lot to get to on today's edition of Locked On Cougars. Can have a special guest on the podcast today, David Smoke from Sikkim 365 Radio in Waco, Texas, covering all things Baylor athletics. Going to talk to him about the reception of Jeff Grimes down there in Waco as he heads down to take over the offensive coordinator job. Also talk a little bit about what to expect from the Baylor Bears as BYU will face them this fall. We'll also touch on some news and notes involving BYU basketball and BYU football based on some questions sent in by you, the listeners. So a lot to get to here on a Wednesday. It's all brought to you today by our good friends over at Built Bar as well as betonline.ag. We'll tell you about both of those great companies here in just a little bit. All right, with that rundown out of the way, let's waste no more time and get going here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for January 6th, 2021. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking some time to join us on your daily podcast focused on all things BYU. Reminder for you, if you haven't done so already, another request for you to hit that follow or subscribe button and join us each and every day as we talk BYU sports, because as I am fond of saying, our goal is to be the best podcast out there when it comes to BYU athletics, but also want to make you guys the smartest BYU fans in the room. And the only way we do that is by talking with you each and every day. All right, getting going here on the podcast today. It is official. BYU will face number one Gonzaga in men's basketball tomorrow evening. 6.30 p.m. Mountain Time, primetime showdown on ESPN between the Cougars and the Bulldogs. I am looking forward to this, folks. I talked about it yesterday, what I was hearing with regards to BYU and this game. There is still an outside chance that BYU could face Gonzaga three times, but as currently stands, this game is going to replace the February 6th matchup the two programs had scheduled in Spokane, and it's going to serve as BYU's conference opener. It'll be the second conference conference game for Gonzaga, who is ranked to number one, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, and they are 10-0 on the season, 1-0 in West Coast Conference play. BYU comes in 9-2 on the season, and folks, I am excited for this matchup. I think this is an opportunity for BYU to really find out where they stand with regards to facing the best team in college basketball. I don't think it's a debate right now. I think there are some people out there who think that Baylor didn't get that opportunity to assert themselves as the top dog because their game against Gonzaga got canceled due to COVID concerns. You know what? Everything I have seen from the Bulldogs makes me think that they are nothing if not completely legit. And BYU, this is an extremely tall task. BYU struggled against the length of USC. We all remember that debacle. They couldn't shoot. Uh, The size of the Mobley brothers on the interior really affected them in that game. 
anything that USC can do, I feel like Gonzaga probably does better. So this is going to be a very tall task to ask Mark Pope's team on relatively short notice and short prep time to go to Gonzaga, go to Spokane, to the kennel up there, and win this game. Crazier things have happened for BYU. We all remember that very epic game where BYU was in 20... I don't remember the year, but they got down 18-2 to and then rallied to beat a previously undefeated Gonzaga team. And it's one of the stellar wins for BYU there in the kennel. And they've shocked the world once before. We'll see what they have in store for us tomorrow night. But the nice part is this game is being put on the books. And I was talking with a friend in the media business yesterday, and we're having a chat about this, why BYU would move this game up. And the point we kept coming back to is these are two programs that are healthy. They haven't had COVID concerns that shut them down at this point. I know that Gonzaga had that earlier on this season for a short time. But if you can play games right now in the West Coast Conference, get those two teams together and have them play the games. You can go back after the fact and try and put different games back together when, with regards to the Pacific, the San Diego, and the Pepperdine games for BYU that have been postponed so far. But Gonzaga's ready to play. BYU obviously ready to play. So get this game done. There's no reason to force these two teams to wait a month to finally face off when they're ready right now. COVID, the COVID pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic has proven, I think, to all of us that, you know what, you've got to be on your toes and be willing to change at a moment's notice. And I respect what BYU's doing here, going up to Gonzaga on short notice, but get the game in. We'll see what happens. And hey, if you shock the world, you may have just punched your ticket in one game to March Madness. So we'll find out what happens tomorrow night. Once again, you can catch that on ESPN at 6.30 p.m. Mountain Time. Of course, Greg Rebell and Mark Durant will be on the call on the BYU Sports Network on the radio side of things. All right, one other thing I wanted to get to here before we get to our special guest on today's podcast was a question that was sent in to me on Twitter, at Jacob C. Hatch is my handle. Logan sent this in, and it's L... Hope I'm saying this right, Logan. El Crikes, El Creeks uh, is your Twitter handle at E L C O L Keeks, I guess. E L C, excuse me, E L K E I C H S. That is a podcasting faux pod. I apologize for my inability to spell on air. But he sent in this question saying, outside of the obvious answers, what exactly does a passing game coordinator do, and why is it a separate position from the offensive coordinator? A very valid question, Logan. And you know what? I figured I had an opportunity to speak with BYU's former passing game coordinator and now offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick yesterday via a media Zoom session. So I asked him the question so you can have the answer straight from his mouth. Here you go. Yeah, well, it, it varies. You know, in, in some programs, it's just a title and and uh, doesn't matter. But here, you know, uh Again, credit to, to Coach Grimes. He he gives out responsibilities amongst the staff and trusts each guy on the staff to do his job. And then we get back together and meet. And you know whoever's in charge of that area of the offense uh, leads the, leads the way. And so, just as an example, and during the season, you know Fessy's the third down guy, and so every week he presents to us his plan for third downs. Um, and we talk about it and everybody has a chance to have input. And of course, ultimately grimy had the final say, but he trusted Fessy each week to be in charge of third downs, you know, and I was red zone and Eric Mateos was, you know, goal line or short yardage. And, you know, Harvey and Steve had their areas and everybody, uh, 
has their responsibilities and you, you trust those guys to do their job. And then, and then, um, everybody has a chance to contribute, but that's the lead guy. And so Fessy, um, will step into that role and he'll, he'll be the, he'll sort of have the lead on ideas in the passing game. If we want to do anything new, um, if we want to, you know, anything needs, needs to be fixed, he'll, he'll take the lead on that. And, and I have tons of confidence in him that he's ready for that. We, we pretty much think with the same brain anyway, when it comes to the passing game, I've been coaching him since Southern Utah when he was a freshman. So there you go, Logan. Hopefully that answers your question. It sounds like it's a very collaborative effort, and I don't expect that to change under Aaron Roderick's tenure. We'll have more comments from Coach Roderick later this week. wanted to dig into them and let you hear more from him. If you want to hear those interviews, you can search out the Zone Sports Network's BYU Cougars feed and listen to both Coach Roderick and new, new passing game coordinator Fessy Satake, their media sessions from yesterday, if you're looking for those. All right, coming up here in just a moment, as promised, David Smoke from Sikkim 365 Radio had a chance to join me to talk about Jeff Grimes making the move to Baylor and Waco. We'll get to that interview here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends at Built Bar, guys. I don't know how much more I can say to really encourage you to try Built Bars. I enjoy them 110% every time I have a Built Bar. I walk away satisfied. I'll tell you that much. 18 unique flavors from Built Bar, and they are the best tasting protein bars I have ever had in my entire life. Feel free to disagree, but I would encourage you guys to try them and give them an opportunity. Right now, when you go to BuiltBar.com, you can learn more about what goes into a Built Bar, find out how they go about packing all this delicious flavor into a protein bar that is both high fiber and high protein, but most importantly, low sugar and low calories, guys. It's an absolute marvel how good these protein bars are and how good they are for you. Also, while you're there at BuiltBar.com, make sure to use the promo code LOCKEDON. You can save 20% on your next order. It's a great way to save some money on the best tasting protein bars out there. Like I said, 18 different flavors, nut and non-nut flavors. I guarantee you can find some flavor that you will enjoy, if not three or four, even more than that. I have enjoyed every single one of these bars that I have tried to this point, and I can't encourage you guys enough to give them an opportunity. Once again, go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Locked On, save yourself 20% on your next order, and enjoy the best tasting protein bars anywhere. All right, folks, we need to take a minute today and welcome in a brand new sponsor here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. You know, the best part about this is, is I have multiple personal connections to this company. What is the company? Well, the name is Squire and Company. And let me pull back the curtain a little bit. Young Jay Catch grew up in Orem, Utah. And some of you may have heard me talk about my growing up years, growing up in the figurative shadows of Lavelle Edwards Stadium. But I knew a guy in my home ward down there in Orem by the name of Joe Squire. And I knew what he did. He obviously worked in tax and accounting, and he owned his own company. That company is Squire and Company. I am super excited to have them on board because of my personal connection to the Squire family. But more importantly, I want to introduce you guys to Ray Chipman. He's a partner at Squire and Company. And the way I got associated in this current circumstance where Squire and Company has come on as a sponsor is because of my travel to go cover BYU and UCF in the Boca Raton Bowl. As I was sitting in the Salt Lake Airport, Ray and his family were also traveling on the same flight I was to Fort Lauderdale to go 
to that game. Got to talking. I've actually tweeted back and forth with Ray for many, many years now. Ray, you probably could correct me on this. I know you listen to the podcast, obviously. But uh, we got to chatting and said, hey, Jake, I'd love to get my company. And he told me about Squire and Company on with you guys as a sponsor. So I have got a two-fold connection to this company. And let's get to business and tell you what exactly Squire and Company is all about, folks. First off, Squire is one of the largest Utah-based CPA firms and serves clients throughout the United States. The best part about it, they've got that hometown feel. This is not some national corporation who's just got an office in Utah. No, they're based here, and you probably have seen them. They're perched right there at the top of University Parkway as you travel down towards Lavelle Edwards Stadium. You can see a big sign that says Squire and Company. I think it's called like the Squire Business Park now. Well, they're located right there. They also have an office in downtown Salt Lake City, and as Ray likes to note, both locations are within walking distance of a Maverick, so he can easily get his Diet Mountain Dew fix. Hey, perks are perks, folks. Check it out. What Squire offers is they offer both uh, traditional CPA firm services, personal income taxes, corporate and business tax services, financial statement audit reviews, and compilations. They also have added a new forward and strategic thinking advisory firm that assists large companies in selecting and implementing accounting systems like NetSuite, Microsoft Business Central, and QuickBooks. They want to help individuals, business, entrepreneurs, anybody who needs their help set and meet your financial goals. If this sounds like you, you can reach out to them by checking out www.squire.com. That's S-Q-U-I-R-E.com. Or you can email Ray directly. That's Raymond C. at Squire.com and also reach out to him via phone 801-477-4950. I would encourage you guys, if you need any of these services, Squire and Company is your hometown CPA firm that can take care of all of your needs. So once again, reach out to Ray at Raymond C at Squire.com. You also can learn more about them at www.squire.com or reach out to them via phone. That's 801-477-4950. Once again, 801-477-4950. Check them out, guys. That's Squire and Company, a proud sponsor with us here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. All right, folks, as promised, now going to be joined by David Smoke. Pleased to have him join the Locked On Cougars podcast. Of course, Jeff Grimes in the headlines making the move to Baylor. David is a longtime radio host down there in Waco, covers the Baylor Bears football program very closely. David, thanks for taking the time. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. It's uh, it's uh, Man, it's been the last couple of days with the news of Grimes, and then he's filled out his staff uh, today with his offensive line coach and then, of course, wide receivers coach and then a couple of shuffles along the way with the rest of the staff. It's, it's been, you know, you've gone through these before. You know, we kind of – we were ahead of the curve on Grimes and we've been ahead of the curve on a couple of things. But it's been interesting to hear how many different former people he's worked with or hired him and what they think about Jeff. So what has the vibe been from those people that you've talked to about Jeff and what – they, they expect him to do in Waco? Well, um, the, the position is offensive coordinator, but they're, they're, you know, their offensive line was a mess. They could not run the ball, then they could not protect. And if, and obviously Charlie Brewer's headed up to Utah, as you know, to go play for Utah. And, mm-hmm. and uh, he, he had had a nice career, but he just never got untracked. And a lot of it was, 
you know, I'm not sure if Charlie just if, – if he didn't progress or was it the mixture of new coaches and no offseason, a new system – and or the bottom line, I'm telling you, Jake, is that they couldn't block anybody. And so with Grimes's background as an offensive line coach from his first job as, at Hardin-Simmons University all the way through what he's done at Brigham Young, he caught, he's bringing in Coach Pugh mm-hmm. from, uh, from Troy, who's an offensive coordinator, offensive line coach background. Uh, I think that was I think that was critical. So you know they they just need the the defense is really pretty good. Now they got toasted the last game by Oklahoma State, but their defense is pretty good. Not quite the level they were last year when Rule took them to a Sugar Bowl, competed for a Big Twelve title, but pretty close. They just need an offense that can walk and chew gum. I mean, just kind of not go out. It's three and out, and maybe a first and. 15 or second and nine is like, oh, dear God, you know. So everyone seems to be excited anytime there's a coaching change. But I think I I put up a poll today, and I know it's just a poll among mostly Baylor fans who follow me, but I put up a poll. How would you grade Aranda and his coaching staff hires? And I'd say 75% of – 80% are in that A-B. There's interest on how much is Grimes going to be a part of the play calling. I know that that's been something that has been discussed, but I – I, I think they expect him to, to fix the offensive line, which is not easier said than done. They'll get a couple of new transfers in, along with Coach Pugh, and then put his fingerprints on an offense and make it complementary with what they do on defense. Did the failure on that offensive line ultimately lead to Larry Fedora being let go after just one season? Yeah, and I, I guess you could say that. You know, we had Coach Fedora. We we met with a lot of the coaches early on back before everything was shut down. There was kind of a, like, all 10 position coaches were in this room, and we just went around and sat down with him as we could. But we did have him on at some point later on, and I don't know if it was in the summer or when it was, but it was one thing he said that it, it always kind of hit us. Larry Fedora's got skins on the wall. We've known what he's done mm-hmm. when he was with Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State. We know what he did at Southern Miss and what he did for a while at North Carolina. There's no question. You know, it's not like he forgot everything, but he made a comment that when I asked him about Charlie Brewer and what worked at Baylor, he said, without the true quote, but paraphrasing, I don't look at the old games. And I don't know if he meant that, you know, because we never got a chance to talk to him again. But it was almost as like, like I want, I don't want to be influenced by anything. Well, Charlie Brewer is a, obviously he's a winner where he's been no matter what happened this year, or even when he was one and 11 and Baylor was just awful that first year under coach rule. Um, He, he plays a style. It seemed like he's better when he gets kind of crazy and frenetic and, not street ball, not like draw it in the dirt type of stuff, but he's better when it's a fast tempo, let's go. And it just never worked out. But I do know this, and I've talked to Charlie a couple of different times. He's not really quoting Fedora, but, yeah, they they struggled on the offensive line, and they could never really put much together. Now, Charlie can be accountable. Coach Fedora, George Munoz, who's also out, who's the wide receivers coach out of LSU, who became a – uh, uh, part of the uh, shrapnel, so to speak. It was a mess, but I think it all goes back. Uh, my co-host, Paul Catalina, put up a top five things. He was joking initially with me, top five things Baylor must do in the offseason offensively. 
left tackle, left guard, center, right guard, right tackle. <laughs> and, and, you know, we didn't, we didn't put that up because that they have a couple of guys there, but it just was a mess from start to finish. So, Jeff Grimes, as we've talked about, he's got an offensive line background. I can speak to Ryan Pugh and what he's done because he was at BYU before going to Troy. Yep. He came in with Grimes to BYU and had a good run in a short tenure at BYU. With these two, is the expectation that they're going to have the same type of offense that BYU has had this past season where it's more of that high-flying, attacking down the field? Or do you think that, they, that Dave Aranda wants maybe more of a ball-control offense? That's a great question because under under Matt Rule's defense, which was stifling, mm-hmm. I mean, they had a – I would – I could say pretty damn close to great defense. Um, they could do both. You could, they ball control, kind of time-consuming, field position, and then on occasion their hair on fire with Denzel Mims, Charlie Brewer. They had a couple of dynamic running backs. I think they want – I think they want to open up. I, I, I do think that we've learned that there aren't many – programs that can do both play really 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 good defense and have somebody that runs 75 to 90 plays in a game i think that randa would like to keep that number down below 75 in a game here's another thing they don't have wilson he's not on campus now they've got some young guys that are you know pretty talented the kid that played a little bit just a little bit two years ago and helped them in a game against Oklahoma. Jacob Zeno came in the last quarter against Oklahoma state and he's the fan favorite. Of course, he's, he's kind of like uh, every backup quarterback sometimes is a fan favorite, unless you have Wilson at starting quarterback or Trevor Lawrence or, you know, sure. And so they, and they got a young kid that didn't play at all. And they got an incoming star out of uh, just South of Houston that won a state championship. Who's, you know, he, he's already been quoted as saying he loves what he saw from Brigham Young. So based on that, you would think that he's already spoken with Coach Grimes at some point. I think they want to try to do what they did and they go go vertical and and throw the ball around. They but again, you got to protect the quarterback and you have to have a running game to be able to do that. And I think that's why Grimes and Pugh, the combo there, will be very healthy for them. There you go. Part one of my conversation with David Smoke. We'll get to the rest of that conversation here in just a moment. Get some thoughts on what Dave Aranda is doing with the Bears program because BYU is going to face them this October, funny enough. It's going to be a quick turnaround in terms of BYU, relatively speaking, when they face Jeff Grimes on an opposing sideline once again. We'll talk more about Dave Aranda Randa's program and what the reception of Jeff Grimes has been there in Waco here in just a moment. Today's show, though, is brought to you by our good friends at betonline.ag, folks. We've talked a lot about this company over the past couple of weeks, but if there is one place I could encourage you guys to do your sports betting, it's betonline.ag. Why? Well, the best part is it's a free sign-up to sign up at betonline.ag, and when you get there, when you make your first deposit, use the promo code Locked On and get a 50% welcome bonus. Think about that. Free money right into your pocket that you can play around with at betonline.ag. Every sport you can think of is covered and has betting lines, prop bets, no matter what you're looking for, money lines, all the different things you could be looking for in every sport are available at betonline.ag, folks. I cannot encourage you enough to check them out. Get off the sideline and get in on the action and do it with betonline.ag. Once again, go to betonline.ag. When you sign up and make your first deposit, you can use the promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus. It's free money for you guys to play with, courtesy of our good friends at 
at betonline.ag. Payout's simple and easy. They do things the right way. So check that out. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Continuing on now with David Smoke from Sikkim 365 Radio there in Waco. And David, I want to turn the attention a little bit to Dave Aranda. He, obviously, Matt Rule had a stellar run there in Waco before departing for the Carolina Panthers in the NFL. Dave Aranda comes in, and has he really kind of carried on things that Matt Rule was doing right? Or has he started to make an imprint and really kind of remake this Baylor Bears squad in his own image? Well, you know, defensively, they... Um he brought Ron Roberts with him from the university of Louisiana who he had coached under before. And um, I, I think you'll see they're not going to go to the years when they could light it up with Art Bryles and score. Honestly, it seemed like on every play, there was a chance somebody was going to catch it a, a deep fade or, you know, but you know, one of the things about that offense that was always so underrated, not to go off on a, like a different, um, uh, tangent here, but one of the great things about that offense with Coach Browse, they, they threw the ball a lot. They ran for about 300 yards a game, too, because they had those big linemen and they would pound you, spread you out. I would think that Dave Aranda, I don't think you're going to be able to see what they had at LSU with Burrow. That team was once in a lifetime. I think you'll see more of what I think you'll see a little bit of what Brigham Young did offensively, and again, that's if they have the personnel to do that. And I think you're gonna want. I think you're gonna see a defense that just is really good. You know, they let Iowa State at halftime. And then they gave up a long kick return in the early part of the third quarter. That kind of flip field position. They played great on the road against and against Oklahoma. That game was you know touch and go. They gave up probably three to four of those big plays a game. Sometimes they got torched, and sometimes it was just a field position changing defense. Dave Aranda is going to play deep. That's the first thing they're going to do. They're going to play defense. I think they're going to have to run the football, and I think he would like to throw the ball, you know, but can you do both? I, I it, It's always been the debate. Like Phil Bennett, defensive coordinator at Baylor, He's a, he's a guest at our show every Monday, and he was on talking about Jeff Grimes, and he talked so well. He knew him when he was a GA at Texas A&M and seen him throughout the his pipeline of coaching. It's hard to do both. It really is. And so I guess what Dave Aranda and Jeff Grimes have to come to, to conclusion is it's not so much the style, the tempo. It's how many plays a game do we want to feel like is comfortable? And a lot of that, as you know, Jake, is that you then you got to also not just dictate the game, you got to dictate the scoreboard. Exactly. You get down 20 to nothing, that changes everything. I, I don't know how many people can ever have what LSU had. In fact, if we want to go to there, they had that record breaking offense with Burrow and the receivers. And we've seen what uh, Jefferson's done in the NFL and Chase and how good he was. Um, you know, Aranda had to change that defense like three or four games into the season because it was like not SEC style. And then on speaking of that, the SEC style is no longer the SEC style. Exactly. We saw their games, right? Yeah. It's 45-40, 50-42. It's crazy. Yeah. So 
I do think that they want to have what Matt Rule did defensively, and Aranda does something very similar with a few different subtle changes, and they just want to be able to go out and score in that 24 to 30 points a game. And I think I think if you do that with the defense that he plays, you're going to be pretty darn good. Last thing for me, David, is obviously Jeff Grimes is, is Texas-born and raised. You Garland right. up in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. So Waco is essentially a stone's throw away from where he grew up. What has been the response, the early response, I guess, from Baylor fans oh. knowing that one of their guys is coming home? It's uh, It's been overwhelmingly positive, and I think it's for two or three different reasons. One, everyone just got worn out with how the offense was last year. I mean, just worn out. They It was interesting because... Aranda was not going to change Charlie Brewer. And and you always sometimes wondered, is that because he didn't have trust in the guys who were the young players like Zeno and Bohannon and, and Shapin? And it might have had a little bit to do with that. I mean, Zeno's got a little bit of that it in his neck, as you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it's because they didn't have spring and they didn't – there's like kind of a trust factor there. Um. And I think everyone was – I mean, Charlie took the brunt. Charlie Brewer, unfortunately, who was the one that led him to a Sugar Bowl. The defense did, obviously, too. Sure. Charlie Brewer took the brunt of Dave Aranda not changing quarterbacks at t- any time until finally they did in the last quarter in a blowout loss to Oklahoma State. Charlie, for some reason, became the whipping boy. What did he do? He was out to play. He got beat up. He got sacked. He took hits. He's a courageous kid. But it was almost like if he would have come back for another year, there would have been this, oh, my God, no. And I hate that. That's why it was a good time for him to go get some fresh air and obviously play for Utah. And I wish him the best of luck. He's a great young man. I mean, he's going to like him. You will. Uh, For those who cover Utah. I think the same thing has to be said about Grimes. I think they could have just put any – there were a few names that were floated out there that did not go over very well on the boards or even our show. Grimes' name from the beginning, and it had a lot to do with the fact he's a Texas guy. It had a lot to do with the fact he had LSU at Auburn. I mean, he's been at some big boy places, Brigham Young. And and then it's the offensive line. I keep going back to that. He's got that history as an offensive line. That's a big man, as you know. Yes. <laughs> I mean, Jeff Grimes, I had a story. I know you got to go, but I had a story about when he was a first-year offensive line coach at Hardin-Simmons. There was a GA uh, who's a coach in high school, coach up in Dallas, and he was a big man himself. And Grimes got tired of him. He kept taking – oh, I hope I didn't knock myself out. He kept taking, like, the pens in Grimes' right drawer, putting them in the left – you know, just messing with – that's like childish stuff we did in high school. Yeah. And Grimes walked up behind him. His name is uh, 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 Richard Leonard. He put him in a headlock. These are two big boys now. And Leonard said, I couldn't even move – They start wrestling, as guys will do. Uh They fall down to the floor, and Leonard breaks his ankle. It's turned the wrong direction. His knee is all screwed up. Had like nine staples in his knee or whatever. And and, and the whole point of that is, is that this is a Texas guy. This mm-hmm. he said. He sent a text to his old to a, his old coach at Harden Simmons, who's retired. He said, "I'm so and like S O in capital. I'm so glad to be back in Texas." Now, listen, that is not a slight at Brigham Young. Sure. Brigham Young helped launch his career to this next level, mm-hmm. but he's a Texas guy. He played here. He coached here. He played high school and college here. And I think recruiting wise, that's going to help as well. Uh, with, with Jeff Grimes. It has been overwhelmingly positive. There's some, prove it. 
You know, like we heard a lot about Larry Fedora and his history. It didn't work out. I think that if they can finally get into a true offseason, strength and conditioning coaches changed as well, into a pure three weeks or so of, of spring drills, a game, whatever. I, I, don't, I mean, I think it would have been better had they been able to do that last year, but we know that that worked against them as well. It has been overwhelmingly positive. And, and we have heard – R.C. Slocum, Ken Hatfield, Mike Sherman, Phil Bennett, his old college coach at UTEP, Bob Stoll, who had a great coaching tree, mm-hmm. and then Harden Simmons is Jimmy Keeling. A couple of former guys that played for him and coached with him. It has the stories about him. As you know, two things. He is a ball coach. He is an absolute football coach. And I've heard over and over again he is a genuine person. What you see is what you get. And, of course, you know that covering him at Brigham Young. And Baylor fans are about to know that as well. Absolutely. Well, David, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time. I will be looking forward to catching up with you later on this summer, on into the fall, considering the Baylor and BYU are scheduled to play this fall. Let's hope that all goes well and we'll be talking again. And thanks again for taking some time. Yeah, you know, that was one of the things yesterday. My son, who co-hosts, we got three of us hosting sure. the show, he's like, they do play next year. And I'm like, I had forgotten all about that because this has been such a <laughs> yeah. long drawn out, whether you're Brigham Young and playing great or Alabama, Ohio State or Baylor at two and seven. I was like, damn, they, excuse me. They do. They actually play. Yeah. And, you know, Utah's down the road and Brigham. I love it. I mm-hmm. love it. I And Baylor and Brigham Young have a little history from back in the 80s yep. when they played with Grant Tapp was at Baylor. So I'm looking forward to it. We'll definitely have you on leading up to that game next year. And we'll talk much more between now and then as well. Absolutely. Thanks again, David. Hey, buddy. Jake, thank you, buddy. There you have it. A big thank you to David Smoke from Sikkim 365 Radio for joining me here on the podcast today. Hopefully you guys learned a little bit. Obviously, fans down there in Waco are excited to have Jeff Grimes and hopefully have some of the success that BYU has enjoyed with Jeff Grimes at the helm of the Cougars offense. We'll find out how it goes. And by the way, you can follow David Smoke at David Smoke. It's not spelled as you would imagine on the last name. It's David S-M-O-A-K. Make sure to tweet at him and thank Thank him for taking the time to join us here on the podcast. It's always good when our guests hear from you guys and thanking them for taking the time. It makes them more apt to come on. And I'll guarantee you this. We're going to talk with David down the road here, as I mentioned, multiple times in the lead up to this upcoming season because I am anticipating BYU playing their currently scheduled games. And one of those is a road game in Waco at McLean Stadium on October 16th between BYU and the Baylor Bears. And looking forward to that. So once Again, a big thank you to David Smoke, but more importantly, a big thank you to all of you who support this podcast each and every day. We cannot do it without you guys. Make sure to leave us a rating and review, especially if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts. It makes our job easier in terms of BYU fans finding the podcast and also us being able to find BYU fans in turn. Do that. Make sure to follow the show on social media as well. You can search out Locked on Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Love hearing from you guys, getting your insights. Like Logan earlier today, if you guys have questions, I'm happy to address them. I love hearing from you guys. So reach out on social media, Locked on Cougars, on all three major social media platforms. My personal Twitter feed, if you want to send those in to me there, is Jacob C. Hatch. And as always, you can email the show anytime, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Love hearing from you guys, and I hope you guys have a great rest of your day whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked on Cougars podcast for January 6th, 2020. And you know what? We will talk to you guys tomorrow.
NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.